Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, in our summer of fun, I can't think of a topic more fun than today's. Who do we have? Welcome, Janet. We're so excited you're with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I actually just got off of a ship on Sunday, so I'm excited to be here and tell you about the work that we do. Well, exciting. Well, why don't you start with that? Why don't you just give us an overview uh, about not only what do you do on Autism of the Sea, but what if I want to be a part of it? What does it look like and what does that, that organization do? Sure. So Autism on the Seas is essentially a travel agency that supports families who are traveling with exceptional guests. Although our focus is on cruising, uh, we also do resort stays um, and we do some uh, in Disney, some in Turks and Caicos uh, and things like that. But our primary focus is cruising. Uh, So all of our staff members are professional volunteers. Um, Typically each cruise is staffed by a volunteer group leader like myself. Um, Group leaders, there are about nine of us nationwide who uh, conduct all of the cruises that happen on our itinerary. That's roughly 50 cruises or so per year. So each of us is responsible for doing say uh, six to 12 cruises per year. And uh, we have volunteers who work alongside us And the number of volunteers is dependent upon the number of families that we are serving. So we provide support to our families from breakfast at 8 a.m. all the way through respite in the evening, which typically ends around 9 or 9.30 p.m. So we're talking about a lot of support throughout the day. Some of that support is assisted by the parents and caregivers, and some of that support is total care, like in the form of respite which happens typically after lunch and after dinner. It's an opportunity for our families to drop off their exceptional children and also their typically developing siblings with us so that they can get a break, maybe go have a date night, go take a rest, go take a walk, something like that. So uh, we are, we travel all over. We do European trips. Um, as I said, Disney resort stays. Um, I primarily cruise with Royal Caribbean um, out of the US. And uh, we even do some Alaska cruises. So it's a great opportunity for families with exceptional children to be able to travel with the level of professional support that will make them feel safe. So I just, okay, as somebody who has been on a cruise with kids, I just want to be sure my ears are not deceiving me. (laughs) You're saying that you, you and your team provide support so that me and my adult loved ones can go and do something else for a while while you guys help support our kids, no matter if they're a student with special needs. Right. So let's take a sea day, for example, when uh, everyone is on the ship and no one can get off. So what a sea day would look like is we would provide support for breakfast from 8 to 9 a.m. If that means cutting up the child's food with family direction as to whether or not the size of the food is appropriate, that's what we can do. If it means helping the child in the buffet line or sitting with them while the caregiver gets food, that's what support may look like during breakfast. From there, we go over to the pool typically for about 90 minutes, and we assist in the pool. So our parents might be lounging on lounge chairs uh, within an eye view of their child, and we're in the pool with the children. 
Wow. Often chasing them from the hot tub to the pool, by the way. <laughs> they love to do that. I can um, already see that happening. Oh, yeah. Um, there's usually a short break after pool time uh, for everyone to get showered up. And then we report to lunch and we provide support in the lunch buffet area on a cruise for about an hour again, uh, assisting however families need that. After lunch, we will take the children in our total care for a total of about two hours for respite. And that's where we'll do, um, it's very much um, active play sessions. We don't teach, we don't, um, we don't try to change or shape behavior in any way. We let our guests be as they wish, whatever happiness looks like for them. We provide a number of sensory toys and activities as well during that time, uh, dependent upon what, what each guest likes. After that, there might be a private venue session on board. So some of the ships have, um, for example, uh, water slides. So we might get a 30 minute private session on the water slides, which is really great for our families because one of the primary characteristics of autism and other related exceptionalities is that waiting in a line can lead to um, behavioral events that uh, are dangerous or uncomfortable um, for families and also for other guests that are on board. So having those private sessions is key and we assist with those. Um, following that, we'll assist at formal dinner, which is in the dining room. A lot of our families have possibly never even eaten out at a restaurant with their exceptional child. So this is a really big deal for them to have a sit down meal. Our primary goal during that time is for families to be able to enjoy their meal hot. So if that means feeding the child first and then getting the child out of the dining room so that the parents can eat uninterrupted, we'll do that. If that means taking the child for restroom break every 10 minutes or a ride in the elevator for 20 minutes, we'll do that. So um, my team, uh, we often appear to not have many table manners because when our food arrives, we eat it so quickly, um, <laughs> knowing that we want to be available to our families to support their dinner. Um, after dinner, the children come to us again for about two more hours during that time. Families have reservations. Um, I'm sure as a group leader to get those reservations made and uh, families go to shows while we have their children in total care. Uh, sometimes we might take the kids to those shows as well and provide support. Um, on my most recent trip, one night we had very few kids in our care and we decided to take them all mini golfing on the ship. And then we went to the ice skating show. Um, and, you know, some of our families were there, but we assume total care of their children and we make that very clear. So it is uh, certainly exhausting as a staff member, but really wow. rewarding to be able to see these families have a truly enjoyable vacation. And sometimes it's their first vacation ever. I have to say, it really does sound almost too good to be true. That is an amazing service. So the natural question is, is there a fee at all for families or how does that work? Sure. So families do pay a service fee. It's based on the number of nights of the vacation and the number of individuals in their travel party. And it's sort of a per person per night fee. And really what that covers is the cabin rate for the volunteer staff that are supporting them. So, um, you know, many families initially are like, well, you know, taking a vacation is very expensive. But then once they take our services, they'll report back in their surveys that they'll never cruise again without us because um, just having that extra set of hands, um, if when their child runs on them at the beach or um, if when the child needs a mid-dinner diaper change, you know, for us to be able to take care of that and then not have to stop, they just see it as completely, can't even put a price tag on it really. 
And and I'm curious about a different question because, you know, uh, I think we're all of the same party here that we believe all kids should be everywhere all the time. What what have you found to be the reaction of two groups, the volunteers, like when they finish, but even of the people that aren't volunteers, like what have you noticed as kind of the culture as you provide this service? Because I bet you have some really good insights from all of the cruises that you've done. Yeah. So, you know, typical guests on these vacations who are not part of our travel party. Um, first of all, they tend to think we're part of the uh, ship crew uh, because we're wearing a staff shirt uniform all week. Um, although it looks very different from the cruise, staff <laughs> shirt, it says staff. So they think that we're part of the staff and we know where the restroom is or the dining room. So um, it, it definitely brings <clears throat> a sense of awareness to other guests on the ship. Um, I can't tell you how many times I step into the elevator um, <clears throat> just this past week, I had a team of five, uh, myself included, and I met people in the elevator on a daily basis who just, you know, were like, what do you guys do? Like, I always see you running. There's so many of you. And I'm like, there's literally only five of us. Um, we're just really fast and um, we're everywhere because we're wherever the children go. So um, it definitely brings a sense of awareness to families. Um, I, I met a lot of people on this last trip who left their exceptional kids home um, or their exceptional adult children home. And now, you know, realizing that there is a support out there so that the whole family can actually have a vacation is really eye-opening. Uh, for new volunteers, they're often really, um, we tell them, we prep them in their interview that they're going to work really long hours with very limited available free time. Um, and I think that that means one thing in an interview when you're really excited, but then coming out of the volunteer experience and realizing just how much we work, um, I, I think it can be a little bit of a shock to the system. We, we certainly do get volunteers who volunteer once and they just say, you know, that was a good experience, but it's not for me. Um, and then, you know, we get volunteers who do this um, seven or eight times a year um, and they're just totally hooked on it. That's great. And and when my quick follow-up question is, what do you think the volunteers take away from that experience? What did they learn about themselves, do you think? Because I'm just thinking a great opportunity for somebody who thinks, oh, I want to be a teacher, or I think this is a population I want to work for. And is there an age limit to, um, like, do you have to be 18, 21, anything along that line? So in order to volunteer with the organization, you have to be involved in, you have to be a special education professional already of some sort. Um, so for some individuals, this is a nice way to take like a recreational approach to special education as opposed to, you know, that school-based, um, academically, behaviorally, socially focused, uh, you know, emphasis that we have in schools. Um, we always emphasize to our staff, like, you're not working. Um, we're not changing behaviors. We're not... Um, shaping. We may redirect. Um, we use positive uh, techniques and redirection as much as possible. So this is not school. Although, yes, you probably could teach that child to accept three more unique foods in this, um, you know, in this week, that's not your job. If all they want is the beige breakfast, that's what they're going to eat all week. They're going to eat their beige breakfast, you know? So um, I think a lot of uh, our team members um, also really make wonderful connections with other staff, right? So on my most recent cruise, which disembarked on Sunday, uh, we departed out of Miami. And so I had team members from Miami, 
uh, area, Texas, and also Indiana. So one of the unique pieces of that was during our limited available free time, we were able to sort of talk as professionals about, you know, what does special education look like in your city or state? What does your job entail? Um, I've had opportunities to meet, you know, pediatric uh, physical therapists, uh, feeding therapists. Like I've had opportunities to just work with so many other individuals besides teachers and paraprofessionals, RBTs. Um, and for me as a university staff member, that's also a huge bonus because I've got this like endless list of sped professionals that I can reach out to, to you know zoom into my classes and talk to my students about, here's a million other things you can do with a degree in education, right? and a number of other pathways. So uh, a, a big part of what um, our volunteers also enjoy is really making those uh, connections with other volunteers across the U.S. I, I really love this. And I, and I so appreciate this service that, that you guys provide. So I'm sure you're asked this all the time, Janet, but my final question is, you know, do you serve uh, exclusively uh, families and, and students with autism or do you broaden that at all? Yeah, so we actually serve um, anyone with any level of exceptionality from ages three up. So, um, you know, most recently I had guests with Williams syndrome. Um, I've had guests with Crater-Willi syndrome, intellectual disability, traumatic brain injury. Um, I've even had guests with uh, medium grade anxiety and the families really just wanted us to be there as kind of like a buddy. So um, there is no limit um, to date. I think my eldest uh, exceptional guest was around 47 years old and that guest loved karaoke. So we were definitely a match made in heaven there uh, <laughs> every night going out to karaoke together. Um, but, uh, you know, there, we're, we're called Autism on the Seas because that really was the primary focus um, of our group. And it, it certainly is the primary area of expertise of our volunteer base. But, um, you know, we, we get a fair amount of information from our families about our guests prior to sailing. And the team's responsibility, their homework before traveling is really to become experts in um, all of the families that we'll have on board so that on day one, we know their name, we know their face, we know their characteristics, we know if they can have a balloon or if they're allergic to balloons, you know, things like that. So um, it, it really is a wonderful, um, a wonderful service, exhausting, exhilarating all at once. Love it. So, so I'm going to end with my last question. And since this is the theme is summer fun, if you could summarize in a you know, sentence or two, what do you think families would say collectively is the most fun about the experience they have with your organization? What do you see as like the fun? Uh, Cause I can only imagine, like my mind is blown too. I can think of a million, but what do you see over and over again? I think that for our families, the, the fun part of this is being in an environment of total acceptance. So if when their child has um, a self-described meltdown, uh, no one really bats an eye. It's this you know ability to be able to go out vacation and feel zero judgment about any of their child's behaviors during that time. And also knowing that they can trust this new family of volunteers who are, you know, taking on total care for four hours a day of their guest. Um, you know, families will say this is the, 
the best sleep I've ever had because they just know that their kid is in good hands during those two hours of respite. So um, I, I think it's definitely a, a fun experience, but I also think our families would say there's a huge amount of relaxation to it as well. And I think fun and relaxation is exactly what everybody should do with their last remaining days of summer. So we thank you so much, Janet, for not only all you do to volunteer and serve kids and families, but for being on the podcast today. Thank yes, you. So thank much. you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and if you have any questions for us, please send us a tweet at Access Practical, or you can also send us a question on our Facebook page. Thanks.